listeners. Welcome to Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Heather. And I'm Whitney. Out of 20 possibilities we excitedly chose, we are Water Protectors. Written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad for today's adventure. We also rolled for drinks. Whitney is having a lager and I rolled up a red, red wine. Yay! (laughs) So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. protectors water protectors uh we are water protectors when we rolled kids book you know when i got really excited and was like oh my gosh we get to do that book yes it wasn't this book no and it wasn't any of the books that you gave me as an option (laughs) (laughs) but i'm really glad that this was the book that we picked and the second i saw it and i looked at all the books to see what they were they were all cute and awesome Mm -hmm. but this one just spoke to me on so many different levels for so many different reasons and this one has been in my in my like virtual book cart for a long time and i'm really glad that i had a good reason to buy it me too. And um, you just got back from a family vacation with your boys. Yes, we went to the beach and we took this with us and um, we read it before we went down to the water. And then while we were down at the water, um, there's a pledge at the back and we'll we'll read the pledge with you all at the end of this episode. Um, but Roland got to give the water protector pledge. He's now a water protector, as we all should be. And what's awesome about this little dude is he takes things so seriously oh yes and he is committed to Mm -hmm. being this water protector now he was trying to clean up the beach by picking up all (laughs) the seashells to protect the water (laughs) oh well i mean technically i guess that is ocean litter yeah (laughs) but good kind of litter because other people can use it (laughs) or other creatures can use it well i do love that a lot and i'm really glad that he got to take that pledge mm-hmm. and you all got to experience that as a family yeah, and, and like at a meaningful location where it like had connection because he he was able to see like trash that people had left on the beach and he reminded my brother like don't forget your garbage and um he reminded my brother to like put his can in the recycling bin he and... immediately became a steward yes that's awesome what a cool little kid you guys are doing such a good job raising him you both are it's very cool Well, this book is fierce-looking little girl Mm -hmm. on the front, and it was illustrated by Michaela. I'm saying Goad. Goad or Goad. I'm Uh, not sure the pronunciation, so I apologize for not looking that up. Um, I've looked up a lot of pronunciations, but there's so many big words in today's episode Mm -hmm. that um, I kind of just want to give my southern apology i'm really really sorry and i'll apologize many more times throughout this show the the author is very kind and they have given us a short glossary at the end of this book uh before we go any further we have to say this book is written and illustrated by um indigenous persons to the united states um native peoples first peoples um those are all terms that they are now preferring to be called the the illustrator is um tlingit and the author is Ojibwe. Uh, those are the two tribal associations that they have. And the book was inspired by the Standing Rock. Yes. And the, the Standing Rock people's 
do we know their tribe association? Oh, they're Sioux. Sioux. They're Sioux. Sioux. They're Sioux. I remember. I don't always read the beginnings and the ends Mm -hmm. of books, but I'm going to do better about that. I have gotten better about it recently, but I'm really grateful that I did on this book because she really goes into a lot more detail. The mm-hmm. illustrator also has a note, which is cool. Yeah. So, and we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end a little bit better. But we wanted to talk about how gorgeous this art is. Yeah, Michaela did a beautiful do- job. And in her note, she talks about how a lot of the, the imagery that she uses for this book is... Um, Anishinaabe tribal imagery, and and, and part of the ritual, like yes. accessories and ritual, and mm-hmm. just the signification yes. of the growth of of their persons as their tribe, mm-hmm. different seasons, different rituals. I love how it it always has a drum circle. Yes, the drum circle meets regularly in real life and in this book, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see that progression as well and was, to see the little chant that the, the we stand with our songs and our drums we are still here i'm glad that you mentioned that drum circle i i found myself very fascinated with the simplicity of this page and in the very first drum circle that we see it's all women and later in the author's note, she talks about how in her tribal culture, men are the fire protectors and women are the water protectors. And so um, this first image of women performing the drum circle in a book about water protection, I think, is linked to that idea. With the turtles, because this is turtle, they're from Turtle Mount, Mountain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that's, it's, you're completely correct. And then when we see the second drum circle... Um, there's people that might not necessarily be associated with tribal culture. There's there's one particular one that stands out to me that's like bright red headed, very fair skinned. I wonder why that one I don't pointed out if it's to a, you. I mean, maybe like the Your complexion babies. of my children. <laughs> but I'm wondering if this is starting to incorporate allyship because they're now fighting the black snake. I, I totally believe that you were correct that they are reflecting the allyship because at this point we've already seen we've seen the the black snake mm-hmm. burning through the land on a bright vivid red page you see the wilting of plants mm-hmm. you see and it's you've got the machinations the rivets of the pipeline mm-hmm. so it's clear that it is it is about the pipeline and you you do see a large group of people like blocking mm-hmm. ways, holding hands, gathering, and um, they do talk about to stand as one. And one is very bold, all caps, mm-hmm. and talking about how this, as you use the word allyship, uh, and and I think that that was very amazing for them to include mm-hmm. that and showing how that grows. There's one other. Th- there's a third drum circle, and and there's more native faces, and there is again another that might be of a more paler complexion um and but the thing that also struck me about these three drum circle pages is the background changes color the first is like this cool wintry color Mm -hmm. the second is a green springy summer color and the third is this beautiful autumnal color Mm -hmm. and so i think it's also an easy reminder like we're not just water protectors when we're convenient. It's a year-round. Every season needs water protection. 
I love that you sought and found that significance. And I think that that is absolutely beautiful that they included that and that you noticed that. I did mm-hmm. not... Me, the art kid. <laughs> Which, we all have artists could, inside of us. I could us, be but completely like, wrong because there's usually four seasons and there's only three drum circle panels. But to me, that is what the art is speaking. I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine where they would think some... Well, it's usually like a quiet time, right? They have like mm-hmm. a... There's a quiet, a yes. quiet part of every season, every year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I love, I love that so much. The... The vividry, the or the vivid snake, oh, and yes. the spirit animals that we see around the globe, mm-hmm. and then the animals that we see getting harmed around the spillages, mm-hmm. like the the black oil spill, is it's intense. Yes, this art is very intense. This this book is very graphic in nature, especially for a children's book, but it is not grotesque it's, it's not exploitive it's not artsy. yeah and um one of one of the images of harm that really stood out to me is where the snake is cutting diagonal across the pages and the the dialogue here not the dialogue the narration is uh spoil the water poison plants and animals wreck everything in its path but you see this this blackening of the earth around it and then where the animals are getting injured their bodies are becoming translucent and you can see their skeletons inside. Mm-hmm. And you like, can see the injury. You can see the pain that it's yes. causing. And like, obviously this is not how oil spill animals die. They don't become translucent and see their skeletons. But the skeletal image there is very indicative of the death that they face. Correct. Without portraying deceased animals on the page for young children. Correct. But it, it is showing how very intense and scary mm-hmm. this the consequences are mm-hmm. of allowing these pipelines to go through some of our only lands untouched lands anymore yes take that take that one little poignant piece out of that as just peoples of the world and mm-hmm. people of mother earth on top of that this is pipelines that are being cut through indigenous territories mm-hmm. where they have the rights of that land that are, they are their territories they are supposed to be the stewards and they are the owners of said lands mm-hmm. and these governments are allowing and giving permits to these pipelines and different oil places to cut through not only sacred lands but clean water and clean mm-hmm. resources to, to give our younger listeners an idea of what this is like, this would be like if your neighbor gave someone else permission to, like, make a pipeline through your bedroom. Or to to um, put a, a sprinkler, mm-hmm. not a sprinkler, a slip and slide through your garden. Yes. You know, you're going to, things are going to get not trampled. Your neighbor's it's taking house. away it's your, your house. It's your house. It's where you live. Mm-hmm. Someone else is coming and doing that. And we are finding more and more. I am finding more and more. I'm learning more and more. Mm-hmm. You've from, done a lot of research about this particular um, pipeline through the Dakotas that inspired this book. Yes. And just just my own research that I've found out, not necessarily, not specific to the Dakota pipelines, but pipelines in the oil industry in general, these places, these companies are actually coming in and 
and installing the oil wells, installing a pipeline before getting permits, Mm -hmm. before permits are granted. A lot of the work is done or near completion and they're waiting on a rubber stamp by governments. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. And it, like, it, it horrified me to realize how little I know. Well, and if we look at where they're installing these pipelines, like... Beverly Hills is not at risk of having a pipeline go through it. Those people have money to fight it. Right. They are deliberately doing this in areas where people don't have the means to fight it. Well, and statistically, most reservations don't have access to clean water. Correct. Like their own access to clean water because it has been auctioned off Mm -hmm. and given away. Well, and when the United States government was choosing locales for reservations, they weren't picking prime land. The ranchers wanted the prime land. Uh, The farmers wanted the prime land. These were indigenous peoples moved from good, fertile land to areas that no one else wanted, that were difficult to inhabit, that were difficult to grow things in, that were difficult to raise animals in, that were difficult to raise people in. Um, because it was it was useless land as far as the government was concerned. And so the fact that they have any clean water at all is miraculous um, and probably an oversight of the government in the first place. And now it's being taken through corporate industry that's that's very greedy taking land that is not theirs. It's just disgusting. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely disgusting. I laugh out of awkwardness, not out of humor. Yes. Just clarifying uh, so that, so that you know, everyone knows. Uh, I have a page open. Um, actually, I don't want to take away from this conversation for a second. I want to I kind of dig in a little bit on this conversation because as a, a secondary consequence mm-hmm. of the actions of the governments and the actions of these pipeline and oil industries Mm -hmm. is the abduction and assaults happening to indigenous women and children in every single tribe. Like every tribe has been affected by not only that part of it, but also by, by pipe, by oil Mm -hmm. period. Like, like they, every single tribe has been affected and it's really scary to hear these mm-hmm. horror abduction stories. Well, and just early last week it was in the news. It, it's not just the United States where this has occurred. No, I'm it's it's yeah. globally, but just last week there was a story out of Canada. Um of course Canada had a very similar Indian relocation policy that the United they States They go by did. First Nations. First Nations in Canada. In Canada. And um so when when they wanted to retrain the Indians, the First Nation peoples, the indigenous peoples, they would take them and put their children in boarding schools away from their heritage, away from their culture, away from their language. And that happened here in the United States. It also happened in Canada. And just last week at one of those schools... Um, Of course, like, the First Nations people have known that children have been going missing from there for decades. And have been fighting this, fighting this for decades decades. and trying to bring awareness. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but they they just discovered I think it was it was over a hundred and twenty bodies of children at this boarding school. Um that that had been murdered. Oh my gosh. And these are children that have been missing going all the way back to like the nineteen forties, fifties and sixties. And there are still in in areas of Canada, in the northwestern United States, indigenous women going missing. And I think the last statistic that I saw was that an indigenous person goes missing every twenty two minutes in the United States and Canada. Every twenty two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um no one's doing anything about it. The indigenous people are, are fighting to do something about it. And they have been for forever. For as long as they've um, tried very hard. What the one one thing that is really good for uh, bringing awareness to something that us privileged people have have not gone out and looked for, not mm-hmm. done their research on, not have we've just not been good allies at all, mm-hmm. and something that is is bringing that awareness to the masses is literally podcasting. Yes. And social media. Social media, yes, but podcasting, podcasting because sure. the the female demographic mm-hmm. listening to true crime podcasts through the roof. I can't even I can't yeah. even. Like every, every woman I, that period, I know period, listens <laughs> to true crime except me because I don't listen to podcasts. But you I don't. get to, I get to learn about them from all of my podcast listening female friends. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it, I know that that's a, that's not the only demographic listening to true crime, but it is a staggering amount. And we've been murderinos and crime seekers and rubberneckers for as long as there has been crime and people to mass around. Like yes. this is not a new phenomena. No. It is a new phenomenon as far as the podcasting industry goes the last few years. Mm-hmm. And there are several really great podcasts out there. Look them up. But there's one that we wanted to kind of highlight today mm-hmm. about, um, it, it, she is a, it's Dr. Pam Palmetter. And she's out of Toronto, Canada, First Nations. And she has something called the Warrior Life podcast and then she has the warrior kids podcast so it's a little kidder it's a kid super kid friendly not true crime 10 to 15 minutes and she's got a great water protectors episode Mm -hmm. because she also has a book about because water protecting is is vital in every Mm -hmm. tribe and she's got a great little kids podcast and it's very fun and i really enjoyed it she's got a great she's very educational she teaches you tribal words it's very interesting, and I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you note that, that water protecting is important in every tribe. I wish it was important in in our culture, our white culture. We are working on that. Yes. Um, definitely. And this book shows mm-hmm. that there there is some growth in awareness happening mm-hmm. towards the end. It, it does make me sad, but I think it, it was very very important for them to show in each drum circle it was one mm-hmm. pale skinned yes. person in each circle and i do find that i find that that's important to highlight because it shows that we need to do better yes we need to do better by our our 
planet, and we need to do better as our peoples. And being allies does not mean you go to your closest casino. That is not allyship. Hell no. Allyship is action. And it's not sending one social media post nope. either. It's doing something it's about it. It's not throwing $20 onto a cause on a GoFundMe. Or or donating during Standing Rock and no other time. Mm-hmm. It is really easy for us during the Black Lives Movement, during the Standing Rock protest, during Water is Life in general. There, there are still major indigenous protests going on today mm-hmm. about pipelines. Do you hear any of that in the news? No. This book was written in 2020, and she did want. They did want to highlight. She when I say that she mostly, I'm talking about the author because mm-hmm. it still is a book written by an author, and they still do have the. It's their story yes. that's being illustrated, but it's still their story. So I do kind of want to say she a little bit more, uh-huh. just because I do feel like that's important for the ownership of the project for I her. Agree. Um, but she she very much wanted to highlight it being Standing Rock, but she did it in a way that encompassed every single situation. Mm-hmm. And it is a snake. Like, it's got the head of a snake. It's a mechanical, not mechanical, but metal body. Mm-hmm. But you see the head of a snake. Because yes. at the end of this, this is being done by people, mm-hmm. by monsters, by creatures who are snakes. Yeah. I, the the reason why all these kids and these women are being assaulted and kidnapped and murdered is because there are these... Do you know about the men, the men camps? The mm-hmm. man camps? Yes. They're all over. And they're 500 to 1,000 people on average. Mm-hmm. And there's one... There's a podcast currently... Um, that we've got highlighted in our show notes that I I kind of listened to mm-hmm. very recently and wanted to um, bring attention to it because they, they did a really good job. It's three women. One of them is one of the elders of the tribe. And I, I had the name ready, but I don't want to butcher it. Semequek or something like that. Semequek. And... They, there is a, they're fighting currently right now in Canada law, they're fighting, mm-hmm. or Canada courts, they're fighting this, this pipeline that's being put in here. And the camp has put in permits for a bar yeah. to be built mm-hmm. in this camp that's supposed to be there for a moment, that's supposed to be something that's picked up and put away, not a permanent yeah and i just build a bar like that's kind of permanent i mean there's there's issues already with alcoholism and these assaults and kidnappings Mm -hmm. and everything what are you going to do when a thousand men have access to liquor yeah like regular easy and we're not we're not trying to imply that that men are not capable of policing themselves or not at all but it's statistically this if you look it's not even it's because the they're transients, yes. the majority of the people that are going through these these uh, camps, yeah, there's day workers are, and yes, but and they're transient workers. They're transients who are, and a lot of them are white. Mm-hmm. They are transients who have no ties to the community, have no ties to the place, have no respect or love for the place that they're at, mm-hmm. and they have the biggest potential. And the numbers are staggering. Yes. How many crimes are committed by that thousand group of men? Yes. Or five hundred group of men. Like the the crimes and the th- and those are the things that are being reported. What's not being reported? Right. Well, because we know that statistically most rapes and assaults are not reported. Correct. 
I think it's like one out of every four five, is or I reported. Thought it was one every five, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's twenty percent are reported, twenty five percent reported. Yeah. And hardly any of them are believed. And if you're an indigenous person who you're knows that you're you're not going to be taken seriously or have an American court in your back and or a Canadian court in your in your corner, then why why would you report it? I'm sure that those numbers are significantly lower. Well, and they were doing a lot of research in this podcast that I was listening to about how they, they've gone ahead and, and they've done the research on the people that are giving the permits are the ones that are benefiting from the from it getting built. Like, it's mm-hmm. very... Their Not own consistent. hand is going in their own pocket. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. signing and then it's going right back in their own pocket. It's yeah. It's disgusting. I'm trying to find the name of that, the the tribe. Here it is. Sequimek? 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 There you go. It's the Warlap Podcast, No Pipelines on Sequimek Territory. Mm-hmm. And you should definitely look that up, listen to it. We're going to have it in our links and our show notes. So definitely check that one out. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's very well researched. The podcast is fantastic in general. Dr. Uh, Palmetter is a Mi'kmaq citizen and member of the Eel River Bar First Nation in northern New Brunswick. And she's been practicing lawyer for 22 years. Oh, wow. So she's smart. Yes. And very knowledgeable. She's very... passionate Mm -hmm. and she is a very good role model and example of a warrior and Mm -hmm. a water protector and I'm very glad that I stumbled upon her and her podcast and the other women and the elders that she has on her show regularly Mm -hmm. it's very cool um that is a really awesome resource and I can't wait to check it out yeah it'll be really neat but we we did we want to talk any more about the we are water protectors? I wanted yeah, I wanted to ask you because I know that the art is your thing and it's one of the the things that you're very passionate about in visual media like this. Mm-hmm. Was there a page or set of pages that are your favorite because of how they are drawn or the message they provide? Yes. Cuz I I wanted to um bring that up earlier and then I, I, was, I felt like I was drawing away from the conversation mm-hmm. so and I felt like that was a really important conversation to have um just beautifully the earth we are all related pages it's a double spread page it's got all the different spirit animals and it also has an elder and mm-hmm. warrior water protectors walking around planet earth and the it just this is my style of art, like mm-hmm. the the splatter the art. splatter art and the the celestial. So mm-hmm. I was just very much drawn to this because this is something that I would paint. <laughs> I really love the colors in this mm-hmm. art page. The blues and purples and teals are very reminiscent of water, but they're also very powerful colors. Like purple is like a known power color. Absolutely. And so I I loved I loved how big but how tangible this made the earth feel. Absolutely. And and jo- and really truly showing all of the connection between the galaxy, ourselves, and everything in, mm-hmm. in the earth. And then I also really liked a few pages before that. It's another double spread. I like my double pages. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
Um, we fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. The winged ones, the crawling ones. It continues on the next pages. Um, the four-legged, the two-legged, the plants, trees, river, lake, blah, blah, blah. But the, the hummingbird, mm-hmm. the spider, the butterfly, the snail, the little grasshopper. It's just beautiful. It's yes. got all of the colors. Um, you have a hummingbird painting that Chris Johnson and myself did together mm-hmm. as a joint um, art project. And I just... Hummingbirds are... They are the messenger between us and the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. And I really love that they began the, we, this is what we're fighting for. And she's right front and center and just beautiful. Well, and all of these creatures that are displayed are very small. Mm-hmm. They are the creatures that if you were going through life too fast, you wouldn't notice. A lot of people don't. And... And I think that reflects back to her letter. She talks about the two paths that are represented in her people, in her people's culture. Um, She says, it's the the prophecy known as the seven fires prophecies that say if humans choose the natural path, uh, and the natural path is um, a path of creation, mineral, plant, animal, and human, um, are relatives deserving of respect and care, and they're instructed to use their voices to speak for those who have not been given a voice on that path there's no black snake the earth is not damaged the grass grows lush and green um she said if we choose that natural path we'll proceed towards peace and unity in a healthy mother earth the other path is described as a hard surfaced highway where everything moves faster and faster at unimaginable speed on this path humans embrace technological advancement with little regard for mother earth um and on that path is where destruction and damage to the earth takes place and I feel that. I Like, when I was growing up, the speed limit on the interstate through town was 45 miles an hour. And then it was 55. And now it's 65. And the interstate hasn't changed. But we are going faster and faster. And people aren't happy with 65. They would like it to be 75 or 80. And... We're just going so fast towards our own destruction because, like, at 80 miles an hour, if you hit something, you're going to die. Um, But we don't care. Like, we're on that that second path that she talks about. And that's just, like, the example of an interstate that came to mind. But when you look at it, the, the, the idea of, of McDonaldification of our society, the idea that we want everything instantaneously right now, and we, we want it disposable, the disposableness we of want our society. Our yeah. Um, when your microwave breaks, you don't take it to a microwave repair place. You just go buy a new one and throw the old one in the landfill. When, you're, when your washer breaks, you just go buy a new one. When your clothes wore out, you don't patch them and repair them. You just throw them away and buy new ones. And we're such a disposable society, but we're really disposing of ourselves in the process. And I've tried to be more aware of that. And for her to to talk about the two paths just really spoke to me. And I love that you've picked out those pages because I think that highlights the beauty that we're missing on the first path when we go too fast. I am glad that you pointed that out. I am definitely someone who tends to go, go, go. And our culture encourages it. It does. And when you were talking about we, when a microwave gets broken, we throw it away. 
when something happens, we throw it away, we don't get repaired. And I want to say you are completely valid in everything that you are saying. I also think that we need to demand businesses to build them better to a build them better and not for destruction like they want it to break down yeah, so that then you will you buy, can buy another one but there's also not any repair places mm-hmm. and the f- people who can repair charge as much as it costs for a new one mm-hmm. so it's very much we like th- it's not all on us we getting rid of straws absolutely helps but so does big businesses and industrial companies not dumping gallons and gallons and gallons and hundreds and hundreds of gallons of wastewater or mm-hmm. toxic waste or the spillages from broken dams or the construction mm-hmm. or erosion and pollution problem. You know, like all that is is by these big corporations or by these mm-hmm. big companies coming in and doing things. And we just... They're sometimes they're doing it legally, air quotes, with a permit, but that doesn't make it right. No. And we've we've lost our voice, mm-hmm. and no one's listening to us anymore. Well, and and if we've lost our voice, the ladybugs certainly have. Mm-hmm. So I think that we should all work to being better warriors and water uh-huh. protectors and Mother Earth protectors all around. With that said, would you like to take the Water Protector Pledge with me today, Whitney? I would love to. So I'm going to read it line by line. Whitney's going to repeat after me. And those of you listening, if you would like to take the Water Protector Pledge at the same time as Whitney, um, we can all be Water Protectors together. And if you do take the Water Protector Pledge, please do let us know on one of our social media outlets so that we know that you've joined us in protecting the water. Absolutely. And there might be a surprise incentive for doing so. Ooh, I like surprise incentives. It's clean water, y'all. That's the incentive. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, an incentive. <laughs> All right. So um, the author includes this at the end. It is the Earth Steward and Water Protector Pledge. I will do my best. I will do my best. To honor Mother Earth. To honor Mother Earth. And all its living beings. And all its living beings. Including the water and land. Including the water and land. I will always remember. I will always remember. To treat the earth. To treat the earth. As I would like to be treated. As I would like to be treated. I will treat. I will treat. The winged ones. The winged ones. The crawling ones. The crawling ones. The four-legged. The four-legged. The two-legged. The two-legged. The plants. The plants. Trees. Trees. Rivers. Rivers. Lakes. Lakes. The earth. The earth. With kindness and respect. With kindness and respect. I pledge... I pledge to make this world to make this world a better place a better place by being a steward by being a steward of the earth of the earth and a protector of the water and a protector of the water. Congratulations. And you are a water protector. My name is Whitney Crow, aka Water Protector. Yes. Uh, and there is a place if you buy this book for yourself or your children to sign your name to the pledge and date it. Um and, and Roland wanted to write his name in it, but we were at the beach, and I didn't bring an ink pen because I was afraid I would lose it in the sand. Not a bad idea. What I really like about this book, um, just as a bookworm and mm-hmm. as someone who has kids in their life and has watched the destruction of many a sleeve, like the book sleeve cover mm-hmm. thingy, is beautiful. Yes. And it does have the uh, Caldecott metal mm-hmm. uh, embossed on there. Um, but when you take that off because you don't want to damage it, it's the same underneath. That's so exciting. And I love it. It doesn't have the Caldecott metal, but it's the same beautiful book mm-hmm. and the same beautiful art. 
And I wanted to show a special appreciation for that. Macmillan Kids did a good job with this book. There's one other thing that the author includes in this book that I want to um, make note of, and that's the further reading section. (laughs) As allies, educating ourselves is so important. And she recommends a book called the, and I'm, I'm sorry if I pronounced this incorrectly, the Michonis book. It's the grandfather. So, like, in the glossary, we've got the grandmother. Oh, Newcomus. Newcomus. So, it is probably Michomus. Yes. Excellent. Uh, the Michomus book, The Voice of the Ojibwe, um, by Edward Benton Benai, or Benai, B-A-N-A-I. Yeah, I think it's Benai, um, from, from what I researched, because that brings us to our business plug today. And I don't know if you knew that when you were very excited about the reading, but we chose it because of the recommended follow-up reading. Excellent. And I really do like that research. I like it when an author gives us more and they're like, look, you need to check this out. It is another children's book. I did check it out. It's mm-hmm. very beautiful. It's um, it's written, I think it was written in the 70s. I'll have to look that up. But it was really cool and I really liked reading it. And when I researched the book, I found a different thing that we're going to to highlight so it's the american indian movement and the red schoolhouse was something in minnesota that taught indigenous children and helped them and there's some really cool pictures in the gallery on their page but the mission of aim is to protect indigenous peoples cultures, nature, spirituality, and grandmother earth through accurate interpretation. And I really like the Mm -hmm. conciseness of that statement, accurate interpretation. And their vision is to restore humankind's relationship with the center of the universe, which is very much on this page, the the one, the galaxy page that we we picked out specifically, that embodies that vision absolutely perfectly. And the AIM Interpretive Center is located in the heart of the American Indian community of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the American Indian Movement Interpretive Center holds a legacy of millions of historical records, culture, culture captured on media, radio archives, photographs, and the testimony of living elders who want the story of the American Indian Movement told. This permanent collection of the modern history of the American Indians will be identified, collected, organized, and preserved for the Minnesota public, especially children. Document, records, media, photographs, posters, art, and objects will be available and on display. I just think that's really cool. It is really cool. And go to the page, go to the website, go to our show notes. We always link everything and provide provide the additional information on our resources. Well, and to provide context for how important this interpretive center is, American history is written from the perspective of white people. All history is written from the perspective of the winner. Of the winner, right? Absolutely. And uh, I talked uh, last episode about the conference that I got to attend in the fall. And we had several indigenous person presenters. Um, they talked about water protectors there. Because the conference was happening like a week before Thanksgiving, they talked about the importance of the Thanksgiving story and how we have always been told the Thanksgiving story from the perspective of the boat. But if you do the research and learn the perspective of the shore, it's a different story. The perspective of the, st- the shore is erased in our white culture thanksgiving story the indigenous person's history is erased in our white culture history textbook so the fact that they are doing this work to gather this history and this culture 
before it's lost forever and they're making that record and they're making it permanent and accessible because so much native history was originally an oral history the Cherokee were the first to develop a writing system and theirs had not been developed super long before white people settled here the fact that these things are now being written down before they are lost to memory um, is so important and uh, it's so incredible that they are they're putting that work into this um, but it's also a little sad that it it has to be done because no one else will do that work if they're not doing it themselves it does make me sad as well because it's very discouraging mm-hmm. and something else I've, I forgot to mention earlier about the pipelines mm-hmm. is it's very common misconception to think that this is just now happening that this is a modern problem in the last 10 15 years the first oil well from my from from what I've researched the first oil well that was drilled without permission on Indian land like officially recognized mm-hmm. in in our white history of course yes. so who knows but like was I believe in the state of Oklahoma mm-hmm. in 1888 yeah this is like so a 100 year plus problem yeah this is not they've been yelling at us for a really long time to pay attention and help them and mm-hmm. we've not done yeah. that and I so let's get out there and be better oh, stewards. It'll be nice and loud. So, um, yeah, let's roll up. All right. And let me get the list pulled up. I rolled a two. You rolled a two. Is this for books or drinks? Oh, let's make this for drink. Strawberry milk. Excellent. Let's see <laughs> if I can roll higher on our list of books. A 15. Thank goodness, because that was a little rough. So, um, let's see here. What do we got? It looks like a tech spec manual. Ooh. You picked the last tech specs. I'll let you pick this one. Can I pick it? Yeah, pick it. I'm really excited. Okay. I have one in mind, and I'm not telling you about it until later, because you get upset about stuff like that. This is this is where maybe we should have your husband on as co-host. <laughs> our our special guest host. <laughs> he would love it. Is he still doing the podcast? They are. What yeah, is it called? Start, printed panel. Not printed panel oh, podcast. Oh. I know um, the printed panel podcast. Yes, the other one is also still going. It the is Promenade? Uh ta- stories from the promenade or tales from the promenade. Tales from the promenade. Yes. Uh yeah. So because uh, the last tech spec that we did was the USS Enterprise. Yes. So I wonder what we're going to do this time. I don't know. <laughs> Another Star Trek tech spec? No. A Star Wars tech spec. What are you talking about? I oh. don't know what you're talking about. Maybe All it's right. a Firefly <laughs> tech spec. <laughs> Ooh, I rolled an 18. Maybe I should roll oh. the books. All right. Um, 18 is a... Cherry Moonshine and Coca-Cola. I have the Cherry Moonshine in my freezer ready to go for you. Excellente. Uh, I guess, did you add that on my list? Yeah. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember having cherry. I mean, that's not how I spell Coca-Cola. <laughs> nice. I like I it. I got rid of your water. It was too high up. It was too high up. That's true. Cool. All right. I like it. All right. So that's what I'm having. Uh, we try to swap it up a little bit, but sometimes we just get super excited. And I interrupt Heather, so I'm going to let Heather close this out. So, it looks like next time we will be reading a tech spec manual of Whitney's Choice that is still 
unknownst but highly guessed by me. <laughs> uh, we had another fun one-off today here at Adventure Seed Podcast. Follow our quest, Adventure Seed Podcast, all three words, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get podcasts. May the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Roll well.